Hello, 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 friends. I am excited to bring you an amazing friend and coach and mentor and all the things and titles that we can put out there um, for this incredible human that I have met. Um, Sam is a good friend that I've met at a conference who has shown me so many things about my financial wellness that is, I just think, a wealth of information. Um, I didn't even know some of the things that I was blocking or needing to know when it came to my financial wellness. Um, so Sam, fill us in. Who are you? What do you do? What's going on? And how? Um, what are we going to learn today? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Sam Knickerbocker, as you've uh, introduced me as. Uh, I've got a wife, Charlie, and, and three kids. My oldest is six, four, uh, and then I have one a baby girl. Finally got our baby girl, third kid. Uh, we are done. We can tell my wife that. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think she's good as well. But um, she just barely started walking about a few 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 weeks ago, and she's just one. So we had a bet. My wife and I had a bet. Are we gonna? Is she gonna walk before one years old? And I said I think she is. In fact, uh, I'm gonna make sure of it. And I won. She walked like three days before she turned one years old. So that is a uh, power of discipline and, and consistency of training. That, that's where that came from. So that, that's the, the short end of it. As far as who I am, it's a big question. Uh, I came from a background of 11 kids. So I'm the seventh of 11 kids. My parents were pizza drivers for a large part of me growing up. And then they worked it in construction. And then my dad ended up getting a call center job. And Ultimately, we were never really financially secure or, or well off by any stretch of the imagination. We grew up dumpster diving for our food uh, at parts of the time and then also government church assistance type situation, which isn't a bad thing. The cool thing is that uh, as it relates to wellness, the food that we had was healthy. My mom yeah. and dad were, were very focused on healthy food. And I believe that my mom and dad, despite having 11 children. So things were just tight simply right. from a mental uh, health perspective or mental wealth perspective. They put a lot of effort into teaching us correct principles. Now it was a little difficult when I was growing up because we had modeled poverty and we were taught from the books of success, like Robert Kiyosaki, Bob Proctor, Zig Ziglar, George S. Clausen, like a lot of really good authors, Napoleon Hill, to teach us about how money worked and how wealth worked and how to be successful in other areas of our life. We ended up, a lot of us, leaving home and becoming entrepreneurs. So we were raised right, but there was always this discrepancy of we were modeled poverty, we were modeled hardship. So we were, although we were living in this reality of hardship, uh, financial hardship, we were taught true principles. And for me growing up, not everybody came out of it like this, but for me growing up, I had this discrepancy where I had discounted all the successful authors and said, now nah, that stuff doesn't work because we were taught that and it wasn't working for us growing up. And I think one of the biggest things around financial wellness or just wellness in general, and you do this from a health perspective, how many big transformations health-wise happen overnight? None of them. None of them. Not, not healthy ones anyways, right? You can do it, but not good, healthy transformations. And I think that that sometimes I discounted when I was younger. I thought, hey, if we were reading these books, we should be successful. I didn't think about the fact that 
Maybe success takes time. Maybe my parents weren't taught these things growing up. So they were getting educated alongside us. And it just took a few years for us to program our minds and get in the rhythm of success before as a whole, our family is pretty successful as a family and we're pretty thriving. So that took years. It didn't happen overnight. And sometimes we go into a situation thinking about what's the quick fix? What's the quick fix diet? What's the quick fix for our mental health pills? What's the quick fix for our gut? What's the quick fix for our financial situation? What's the quick fix fix for our faith? What's the quick fix for our fun? And at the end of the day, quick fixes don't last. Right. And that's what I would love to approach this conversation as if you're coming into something looking for, Hey, I want financial wellness. You have to get over the immediate gratification first. Yes. That's the first mindset you have to get over and say, look, we're not in this for a few weeks. We're not in this for a few days. We're in this for the long haul. As far right. as I can tell for the rest of your life, you're going to need some form of currency to exchange for the things that you need that you don't have. Right. It's not right, right or wrong. It doesn't matter what it is. But go for it. No. And I think that that's, it, that's something that is super important, especially when we talk financial wellness, but in wellness, like you said, in general, is that so many people want to come with Insta, right? Because we want that quick answer, the quick money, what's going to get me the thing that I need immediately, you know, and I know that that's something that a lot of people when it comes to financial wellness, they're just so sick of whether it's the poverty thought process or just the scooting by and making it happen. They're over that, right? And they see all these 20 somethings going viral and making millions. And they're like, well, why me? Why not me? I should be having this too. And they want the, the immediate answer. And when they don't get immediate results, they get upset. Like they, they run away from it then. And they're like, well, like you said, they just discount it. Well, it's not for me. I can't do this, whatever. And then they just accept a poverty thought process or the, the, the mindset of this is all I can get instead of looking at it and going, okay, but what are we doing today to have long-term success and create a new lifestyle Yes, it may be uncomfortable now, but what's it going to look like in five years, 10 years, 20 years instead of just today? Yeah. And you, and you have to think that through. And sometimes people don't even know where they're at. They don't know where they're currently at. So I'm going to use an analogy here. We'll see how it lands for, for those listening. This is not meant to be derogatory towards any race or culture. When we eat food, based on what we eat, oftentimes when we then sweat and, and we have scents go out of our body, then it is indicative of what we ate. So if you go to Asian cultures, they smell different than if you go to an Indian culture, they smell different than if you're in America, then, and they smell different than in Europe, right? It's not good or bad. We all just have different body odors that smell differently. In large part, based on what we eat. Now we can use deodorant and we can use things to mask it up. But at the end of the day, what you're eating, what you're sticking into your body changes how you smell. Yes. Okay. And people, we have to break this down really, really, really far. Okay. So at the end of the day, everything that is being consumed or even part of our body 
everything on the planet is at its core, a nucleus with a proton and a neutron circulating around it, right? It's just yeah. energy. And as we consume things, we're transferring energy. We're intaking energy. We're changing that energy into a different form. And then we're sending out energy either through our breath, through our sweat, through our excrements, whatever it is. Well, you have to think about your mindset is also bringing in energy. Thoughts have energy. Words have energy. Music has energy. So you're bringing this energy into your head and that energy is being reorganized into certain things. And then it leaves. And what's interesting is poverty literally stinks. It has a physical smell to yes. poverty. If you go into a hoarder's house, if you go into just low, low vibration, people thinking it doesn't matter if they have lots of money. Okay. There's poor people who have lots of money and you go into their house and it smells the same in their house as it does in somebody's house. That's a hoarder or that is, has no money. Okay. Because poverty is a mindset. It's a way of thinking and it stinks literally. And it's not to be demeaning towards anybody, but your thought processes and your stinking thinking actually stinks. And yeah. so if you're wondering like, where am I at? We have to get somebody outside of ourselves. Cause here's the thing about the cat lady who's got cat pee all over her house. She doesn't know that her cats pee all over her house. Okay. Great. They think, no, my cats are great. My cats never pee. And you walk in you're like, I need a freaking gas mask because yes. I can't breathe. Right. But they don't know. And the only way to know is to be willing to open up your house, your mental house and allow somebody, a coach, a mentor, somebody who can see outside of yourself and say, look, here's some areas that could be improved. Here's some areas that could be cleaned up. Here's some areas that if we just change our thought processes, life could get a lot better. And that's all part of wellness because when we are thinking something that changes everything. So one of the things that I love and respect about what you do, Stephanie, is that when you are helping people with their health, right? It's about mm -hmm. taking their disaster, their, their crap in their life and reorganizing mm -hmm. it into, Hey, you're not a bad person. You don't need to get down on yourself. You don't need to beat yourself up about all these small things. Let's take what you have and make it work for you. And right. specifically in the health, let's not beat yourself up. This is just normal life. How do we reorganize normal life into a way that's serving us rather than not serving us? And it's the same process with physical health as it is with financial health or wellness. It's a process of changing your beliefs, your habits, and your behaviors into things that serve you rather than things that are detracting from you. So I think that's the, at its core, what financial wellness could mean for you. And sure. that's what I love helping people with is really the mindset around money or the mindset around wealth. I like talking about it more of like wealth and poverty because money is a byproduct if it's desired, but you could mm -hmm. be wealthy in a lot of areas of your life and not have financial success. And you could be poor in all of the areas of your life and have financial success. So I don't think finances or money is really the defining factor. It's really about, are you wealthy or, or poor in your mindset, your habits and your behaviors? And I think that's an interesting way to look at, at it because so many people will talk about like financial wellness and think just the dollars. Like we just think, what does the bank account show us instead of 
looking at it and going, okay, what are, where are we at long-term? What are we talking about? And looking at it as a full encompassing thought, not just like how many times have people come to me, I can like a million and one where they're like, well, the scale doesn't show me the number I want. Okay. But where are you on the other realms of wellness? How do you feel? Have you gotten, you know, do you feel like you're got more energy? Do you feel happier? Do you feel better? Like are it's not just the scale because the well, scale can move and yet you feel a hundred times better. Right. And, and that goes the other way. Let's say you're bulimic or anorexic or whatever, and you do get the scale to tell you what you want to tell you, but you feel like absolute crap because you didn't do it healthily. Right. So you can get the scale to say what you want to say, just like you can get money in your bank account. I, I literally just posted a video this morning on my Facebook that I don't care how you make your money. Right. I have clients who make money through uh, OnlyFans. I have clients who make money through uh, being a lawyer, doctors, like I have clients who make money a lot of different ways. I don't care how you make your money. What I care about is, is how you make your money serving you and are you being fulfilled by it? So the right. same way you're, you can get the scale to say what you want. You can get bank accounts to say what they want too. They're, you can make money doing illegal things, right? That doesn't mean it's right. doesn't mean that you should do it. And it doesn't mean that it's going to ultimately give you the life that you want. And so financial wellness is not just about um, the money side, but it's also about, are you, are you building the lifestyle that you want? Are you building a legacy that you're going to be really happy with? And part of wellness is an all encompassing in your faith, your family, your fitness, your finance, and your fun. Are you building a lifestyle that you're going to be thrilled to continue to participate in? Or are you building yourself a prison based on what somebody else thinks you should be doing? Yes. Yes. I think that's something else is that that societal pressure of, well, I think you should do this. And so we feel like, okay, well, I think I should do this, you know? Um, and so we fall into that, that mindset. And I think sometimes we take in what our parents say so heavily. Um, and we start to have that generational, I don't know if I want to call it curse, but sometimes we fall into that same thought process of like, well, this is what they told me. And I feel like this is what I need to do. And this is what they've told me to do. And yet we're not looking at it going, well, does, is it serving you? Is it doing anything for you? If not, then you need to change your mindset, you know, like you need to change something about what's there. Um, because just because another generation survived it doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Like that's something I've learned is like, okay, that, that mindset is great. And it worked for that moment. Is it going to work for you? Probably maybe not, you know, like that's well, something else. And I think health is a really good example of this as well, because, and I get caught in this trap, right? I think, well, for centuries, people just lived off of food and they didn't supplement their diet. They didn't have handfuls of vitamins that they had to take or supplements or pills or whatever. So I'm like, why do I need that? Why can I not just eat the right food? And the reality is even if I'm eating all the quote unquote, right food, as in tomatoes, lettuce, whatever I'm eating, the, right. the nutritional content of the things that I'm eating now versus the nutritional content of what they were a hundred years ago, the nutritional value is not the same. And that's why we need to subs subsidize it. Not that we can't, we shouldn't eat healthy and we should just eat crappy food because it's all crappy and then just eat that, uh, take fistfuls of vitamins. But due to so right. many other factors in our life, the vi vitamin nutrition 
has been taken out of the actual food we're eating. And so that's why we need to supplement. And same thing, the circumstances around the, the financial wellness conversation have changed so much. There's so much misinformation, literally people out there telling you opposite things that, I mean, this is, this is a small example. And I have no idea if what I'm saying is, is fact as far as what's happening today, but I can say, I can go back in history and say, this is what happened, documented clearly what happened. Okay. So when the federal reserve America tried to have multiple um, banks, central banks, they tried it multiple times, tried different currencies at the time America was using the Spanish currency, right? We were just doing anything to have a, a unified currency. There was every bank could create their own currency. At one point, every city could create their own currency. It was a complete shiz show. So then they said, how about we have one unifying central bank? Well, nobody liked the central bank because they didn't like the bank of England having control over their money. That's one of the reasons that the, the war was fought, uh, the revolutionary war. And so they were, the people were very resistant against central bank, but the big bankers, they wanted a central bank. And, but they kept trying to call it a central bank or have the name bank in it. It didn't work. So finally they got together and said, Hey, we're going to have the federal reserve. We're going to call it the federal reserve. It's just a central bank, but we're going to call it something that people trust. So they called it the, the federal reserve. And then they had the big banks who were the ones who organized the plan, the big banks came and they said, oh no, we can't have this. It's going to ruin us. It's going to destroy us, right? So they, it's like, a, they call them a psyop, right? They psychologically um, basically yeah. got the whole public to buy into something that was in their favor, but they knew that they didn't like them. So they spoke out against it so that the public would buy in to changing our currency onto the federal reserve note or the dollar. And then that was backed by gold. And then they similar thing. They made it seem palatable to go from the gold standard to the, the petrol dollar. And then now we have cryptocurrency. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency in the fact that uh, I don't know who actually created it. But when I look at history and see how every time in history, they've transitioned from one type of currency to the next. And when they're running the exact same play down to like, Who's the people who don't like cryptocurrency the most? Big governments, big banks. Right. Right. You think that that's on accident? No, they've done it a thousand times. The fact that we burn the history books and then we pretend that the past didn't happen so they can run the same play over and over and over and over and over. And we all just think it's brand new and we all get on board. I think it's comical, but only if you know history, right? Same with health. If you keep eating cupcakes and you think these cupcakes are going to make me feel better. No, they won't. Never are they going to make you feel better. Okay. Right. It's an immediate, like it tastes good, but it makes it more difficult to eat healthy food because the healthy food, your taste buds say, I'd rather have this hit of sugar than this other thing. And so it's right. like under no circumstances is that what's good for you, but we all buy into it. We all eat them still. I, I should say I eat right. them. Some people have disciplined themselves enough. I still eat cupcakes. Okay. But the point is, in the financial wellness, a lot of it is not about how to manage money, how to do those things. It's about learning the history of how things actually have happened so that you can look forward. There's a, there's a saying, hindsight is 2020. Right. Okay? And I disagree in that most people don't ever investigate or do their research into the hindsight to make it 2020 going forward. 
Okay. Most people, they experience hardship, they experience pain, they experience trauma, they experience these things, and then they stick their head in the sand. They, they try to forget it. And then they move forward without ever learning from the past. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of financial wellness is stop worrying about the future for a minute. How about we just go learn how this crap even works? How about if you learned all of the things about health and you're, and you become informed, you're going to make better decisions for your health because you're going to see not just what's on the, on the plate, but you're going to see all the process that went into you getting what's on the plate. And you're like, that doesn't sound like something I want to put in my body. Great. That's came from education, not from somebody just telling you something. I've been told a lot of things in my life and the things that I actually act on are the things that I've accepted as truth for me. But for me to accept them as truth, I had to gain more understanding. So financial wellness really comes into who's your coach, who's helping you actually learn the history and how money works so that then you can apply that knowledge moving forward on a solid foundation. And you were mentioning the whole like learning the history of like of money. Okay. So this idea of it's changing hands and we get this whole conversation, right? Learning the history behind the money. And I think that we don't look at our own self, like, okay, we can look at the big picture of the United States and look at what they're doing. Okay. I get this, this thought process, like history repeats itself. Great. But now I don't repeat myself is like probably what a lot of people are saying. Like, I don't have a tendency in a a situation that continues to cycle all the time. And it's like, no, you do. You're just not looking at it. And so when you get the coach, I think the difference of like, okay, yes, I can look at my own bank and be like, well, here's a dip, right? Like I can see that, but a, a coach. And I think the point that I would like to bring up is whether it's a financial thought process or a a wellness in general is getting to the root cause of it so that you can have the long-term success. So you can have the, the financial freedom and life that you want, but we need to learn what cycles are happening in our own finances. What cycles are we like, we can't stick our hand head in the sand any longer. We've got to start to take control of our own situation. Like you're saying, if I know the process behind what is going on my plate, I'm going to choose better. But also the same idea is like, if I know why I'm choosing it, if I'm choosing it because I'm emotionally connected to it, well, then I need to figure out what emotions are. Is it good, bad? Otherwise, where am I emotionally? Because if I'm just emotionally eating, I'm not doing anything for myself. And the same thing goes for are we trying to hit the, the dopamine fix of money and the reward of like, okay, well here I've got money. So let's spend it. Let's get it. Let's spend it. Let's, you know, like, are we financially doing the same cycle or are we going to stop quit worrying about the future for half a second and start looking forward, like looking at what have we been doing that got us to where we are today so that we can learn how to fix it so we don't keep going through it. Otherwise, we're going to just keep the cycle going and we're going to get nowhere. Yeah, I had a conversation with uh, one of my mentees uh, a few years back and it, it, it pretty much ended our relationship uh, working together, which I think is you know comical, but I don't regret saying what I said. Um, she had gone through some, some things that you know are unpleasant that nobody would want to go through. And I said, look, you are where you are 100% because of you. Yes. Right. Doesn't mean that everything that's ever happened to you, you actively chose into getting abused. You actually 
chose into being like, I'm not saying that everything happened that you intentionally created, No, but you didn't intentionally not create it either. You know, like right. <laughs> you, you didn't try not to have that happen. And then it happened. Um, so you are where you are. And that's a truth that most people don't want to accept because it's painful. It's actually an indictment. It's like you suck because you allow yourself to suck. Now, the cool right. thing is that's a really terrifying thought until you actually say it to yourself a few times. And there's yeah. two ways to say it, right? I suck because I suck. I suck because I suck. And then you start to say, wait a second. I suck because I suck. So if I right. change that I don't suck anymore, then I no longer suck. Okay. So that's the cool thing is as much power as you have that you got to where you are today and you created the existence you're in today, you have just as much power and it's just as easy to create a different existence. But you are where you are because you allow yourself to be there. If you stopped allowing yourself to be there and you said, I need something else, this is the funniest thing. I made for for years, I made $5,000 a month and I thought, man, so hard to make more. And then I decided that $5,000 a month was unacceptable and that I needed to make $10,000 a month. And then I started making $10,000 a month. Then I decided $10,000 a month is unacceptable. I need to make $15,000 a month. I started making $15,000 a month. Then I said, $15,000 a month is unacceptable. I need to make $20,000 a month. And then I started, I was only leveling up based on what I was willing to accept. That's That trend has consistently been true, not just in this life or in the financial life, but in my faith life, in my fitness life. You are where you are because you currently accept your existence. The moment you say, I no longer accept this, I demand better of myself. It's now unacceptable to do that. You will become better until that happens. You're going to continue to exist in the same cycle that you're in. And it is a cycle. And if you want to challenge me on that, I will give you a complimentary 30 minute phone call. This is what I've done for for many people, 30 minutes. In 30 minutes, we can have a discussion about your past, and I will help you identify multiple areas of that cycle where you've hit it over and over and over and over in your life so that you know, okay, Sam actually called me out on it and it, and it worked. Yeah. But here's the thing. The only reason I would want to expose that to you or help you expose that in your own life is so that you can learn from it. And because I believe that your cycle doesn't have to remain that cycle. I believe you can change your cycle if you'd like to. And that's, that's why I do what I do is because I believe that people can change. And it's that possibility of change that drives me to continue to help other people identify their cycles and then make the necessary changes to reach what they believe they want. They might get there and then say, I didn't actually want that. Great. Change it again. Once you become a master of change, you can change to be or do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's something that I think once you recognize the pattern and you start to go, okay, I can do this. Here's the steps, right? Like the steps to do this and change it. Once you get there, it's just now it's going, okay, you can repeat that same thing that got you to this point and change it and alter it just a little bit to get you to the next point and to the next point and to the next thing you want. Like once you figure it out, you, like you said, I suck because I suck. You can either choose to accept that 
and run away from it. Or you can choose to go, okay, well, I suck because I suck. So now I better fix that. Like, what do you want out of it? And if I think like something I have for the question for you is like somebody comes up to you and is like, okay, I recognize that I got a situation, right? Like finances aren't where they want to be financially. I am not well. And they come to you and are like, now what? Like I've accepted. I like, (laughs) I don't have it together. And what then, like, what do we do next? So so I would ask two questions. One, why do you believe you're not well? Like explain to me in depth, what hurts? Why do you feel like you're not well? If you go into a doctor's office, the first thing they do, they have you fill out all your information. Then they have a picture of a body and they say, circle the hurt areas, right? Explain your symptoms. That's the first step. Like, okay, you come in to the doctor's office, the financial doctor's office, and you say, I'm not well. Okay. Why? Why? Who told you you're not well? You know, there's people who think they're not well because somebody kept telling them they were sick. And so they go into the doctor because somebody kept telling them they were sick, even though they're not sick. Generally, the people who come in and feel like the most unwell about their financial situation are generally the ones who are actually doing just fine, or at least on a path and trajectory towards success. There's other people who come in and they're like, I'm doing awesome. Everything's great. And those are the people who have no idea where they're at, right? So um, the first question I would ask is, why do you believe that you're unwell? Okay. The next question is, you know, close your eyes. What would wellness look like to you? If we could describe what does wellness look like, then we could define, okay, this is where you're at. Then I'm going to ask you, well, where, where would you like to be? And then again, my role as a guide, there's three questions, right? Who do you know that could help you get there? What do you know that could help you get from where you are to where you are, where you want to be? And why have you not taken action on what you already know you would need to do? Right. I, here's the thing. If I want to lose weight, I could pay more attention to what I'm eating. I could eat more healthy foods, like more real foods that I, or organic or whatever, like very real, not packaged in a box, but actually prepared by me. Okay. And at the end of the day, I could exercise more. Those are three things that pretty much anybody could do to get healthier. We all know that nobody has to sit there and be our coach or mentor and say, this is exactly the macros and the micros. And these are the exercises. All of that's helpful right? It makes it more enjoyable. It makes it have more intention. It's easier to track. But at the end of the day, we all know what we would need to do to lose weight if we wanted to. It's not rocket science, right? This has been happening for a long time. Move more, eat the right types of food, and prepare it yourself. Those things, you do those things, you're going to be just fine. But most people don't do it. The, the question you mentioned, that last one of like, okay, what would, what would it look like to f- be financially well? First off, the first question made me completely think of a parent of, of how many times do we as parents think, oh my gosh, I'm the worst parent ever. Like, I, I know I'm failing them. I feel so bad. And you sit there and you worry about whether or not you're a good parent. And yet you look at, you know, everybody else is like, because you care means that you're already a good parent. Like, right. so- that kind of concept when we start to worry sometimes we are probably the ones who are the most secure in our money we've got it situated we're just overthinking for half a second now that's not true about everybody when it comes to financial wellness but 
I would say that majority probably are in that same boat. But like I do, um, I do, a, I call it a wellness audit. And I sit there and I go, okay, where are you at now? Right? Just like you're asking, where are the pain points? And I ask them, where are you at now? And I give them scale of one to 10. Where do you think you're at? And then I ask them the question of what does a 10 look like to you? Mm-hmm. What number? Okay. What does that 10 version of you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things, what does it look like? What does she stand like? What does she feel like? And then it's like, okay, now we got to get you there. I'm just going to tell you the tips and tricks to get you there. And I feel like you do that similar thought process. You're going to sit right. down and something. You're going to be like, okay, this is how we get you to that 10 financially, where you feel like you have that wellness. You feel like, okay, not just my current bank, but the bank of the future, the bank of my retirement, the bank of the, oh no, when it happens, you know, like of life is going to be taken care of. And you can feel like, okay, I have the education. I have the information. I have everything that I could need for now, the future, and probably leaving a legacy for my kids. Yeah. Multiple generations. I think it's the same process. And, And the reason it's the same process is success has a process, right? Success is always going to be that way. It's like a GPS. You have to first identify where you're at mm-hmm. and then punch in the coordinates to where you want to go. And then the GPS charts out the most efficient, fastest way. Sometimes it's not the shortest distance. If there's an accident, if there's a road out, whatever, if there's something there, then they'll chart you a longer path. Maybe you're on the course and then something changes. Well, mm-hmm. then it reroutes you. You don't have to ask it to reroute you. Most of the time, it's smart enough to reroute you to, again, the second most efficient way to get there. And that happens in our lives. There's too many unpredictable circumstances Mm -hmm. to worry about everything that could go wrong. But if you have a system in place that is constantly searching for those unpredictable experiences and then rerouting to your most efficient way now that it's happened, then you're the one in the action position. And that's what a GPS does. It's a very simple concept, but who is the one who's the organizing your GPS for your faith? Who's the one organizing your GPS for your family, your fitness, your finance, and your fun? And getting a coach to be the one that charts the course for the GPS helps you identify where you are, helps you type in the address of where you wanna go and then charting the course. That's what coaches and mentors are for. They're not there to do the work for you. You could never pay somebody to do the work for you because even if they did the work for you, teleportation doesn't exist. The moment (laughs) you're there, you're going to feel like you never went anywhere. Okay. What matters is the journey and the growth along the process and coaches and mentors. The reason they know that way we'll get there is because they've already done it. They've already went through a lot of these circumstances and had to dodge these bullets. So if they can help you and cut down your drive time, yeah, then great. If you don't want to cut down your drive time and you just want to go for a drive and have a wonderful time in the car, don't hire a coach. But if you want to cut down your drive time, if you want the results faster than you otherwise would get them, if you want an outside perspective, hire a coach. Now, hiring a coach doesn't always mean it costs money. Right. Right. Sometimes, like this podcast, you could hire Stephanie and just listen to her podcast and actually do what she suggests. Guess what? Do you think she's going to tell you to do something different 
one-on-one than she tells you to do in the podcast? No. No. Why would she ruin her integrity that way? She's giving you everything you need to know about how to clean up your sweet disaster and create wholeness in your life. She's telling you all of it because she loves you for free on the podcast. And then if you choose not to do it, it's not because she didn't tell you the right thing to do. And then if you go pay her, guess what she's going to tell you? Hey, I recorded all these episodes. Thanks for paying me. Now go and <laughs> do it. And, and guess what, guys? I'm saying this from, from personal. I like handholders. Um, and so I often will pay for somebody to hold my hand through a process. Even though I could go do it myself, I can go get the free information on YouTube. For some reason, I just listen better when I pay because those who pay, pay attention. And so I don't think you should not pay a coach. I'm just saying, if you're really in a position where you're driven and you don't think you want to yet, just go test out what they're saying. Try to prove them wrong. When you prove them right, then say, what else can you share with me? And that's when you engage with them. I don't know. Those are are just my thoughts. Yeah. No. And I think it's really great because, you know, like you have a podcast and I, I love listening to it. Not going to lie. Um, because it's just like the insane amount of knowledge that is there. It's like, if I want to do nothing else, it's just to grow the amount of information that I take in. Like, I love it and it's free. I sit here, I can listen right now. If I choose to act on it, I'm probably going to go, okay, well, I want to act with the person who has just been talking. Like you gave me the wealth of information. Now let's have a conversation and let's put this to action. Right. Just because I like you, I'm one of those, like, not that I want you to hold my hand, but I want you to be there in case I do fall. Like I need my safety net. Like that's me. I'm that person. I could totally do it on my own. I have the resources. I know the resources are there, but at the same time, why not utilize that resource to make sure I've got all the right steps. I'm doing the right things, right? That's just kind of where I look at it. Um, But like, I just keep thinking of like, if you've got somebody who's sitting here and they've taken in the resource and they're kind of questioning and they're like, all right, well, I know my financial wellness might not be at a 10. Do you think that like, how do we get in touch with you? How do we make this a thing where we, we now, okay, I know that I got the information out here, but I want to go further and I need to make the legacy that I want happen a reality. So uh, obviously social media is, is always great. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I, I, uh, LinkedIn, I don't respond to as often, but Instagram, Facebook, I'm on every day. But honestly, if you just go to samnickerbacher.com, you can get access to my podcast. You can get access to my uh, Fuel Your Legacy, The Nine Pillars of a Meaningful Legacy ebook. You can go buy that on Amazon as well if you'd like, but the, the ebook is there. You can also just, like I mentioned, schedule a 20 minute complimentary phone call or Zoom call with me. And let's just chat. The, the reason I do that is in my, the beginning of my career in this industry that I'm in now, I came out of summer sales and entered this industry of helping people understand their legacy and build it. But I was missing a key component of, I didn't believe I was worthy of success. I didn't know that. That was my subconscious belief. And I was listening to podcast after podcast after podcast. Finally, this person on a podcast offered a 30 minute complimentary consultation call. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's no way she's going to really fulfill on this, but I'm going to try it out. Right. I'm going to test her. I'm going to see if she's honest or not. So I got on and in 30 minutes, 
she completely changed my life and helped me get to the point where I was able to quadruple my income the next year. That didn't happen by accident, but also it only happened because I believed that I was worth more after that phone call than I did before. So I don't know that worthiness is going to be the thing that we end up talking about. I don't know what one thing could completely change your life. But if there was one thing that I could share with you in a 20 minute phone call that's specific towards your situation, absolutely, I want to pass that on, pay it forward and help somebody. So go to my website, samnickerbacher.com. And under the contact tab, you can go, go schedule a 20 minute consultation call with me on Zoom. We'll hop on, get to know each other and see how we can help you answer your questions. Even if you just have follow-up questions from this, this uh, interview, but you can hop on there. I'll answer them and then we'll go our separate ways, right? I'm just here to help. Oh, I love it, Sam. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for just pouring into me on a personal note, but also onto others and just continuing to just be epic. Because when I think of epic, I think of you um, because just the, the power and magnitude that you share with others and then you give to them. Like, it's not just a matter of sharing, it's giving them the power to, to go forward um, so that they can share and do and, and be more than, than they ever imagined. So I just, um, I applaud you. I thank you. I am eternally grateful that we've met. Um, so thank you for being on today. Um, and I appreciate you. Hey, well, thank you. And I'm excited for the next time you come to Arizona. I will be in Utah in June, in June. but I have to figure out a time for Arizona. What time in, what time in June? Uh, the 15th and the 16th, mid-June. Hmm. I'll be in Utah, I think, the next week after that. We'll see. We'll, we'll figure see. it out. Yeah. We'll make it happen. <laughs> make it happen. Cool. Well, right. Happy to help. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you.